0: Hello, and welcome to the first episode of MedTech On Air. I'm your host Gianluca Peinetti, and I am joined today by MedTech Europe's director for Regulations and Industrial Policy, Oliver Bisazza. Welcome, Oliver. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Gianluca. Happy to be here. So today, today we're going to talk about uh, EU medical technology regulations, specifically new regulations, and we're going to focus on the CE marking process for medical technologies. But before we actually dive in into the topic, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what actually a, a director for regulations and industrial policy does here at MedTech Europe?
1: Yeah, sure. So I'm Oliver. I've been here about three years and I head up the association's regulatory team. The regulatory team is here to support MedTech Europe members in their efforts to comply with EU legislation, especially EU legislation on products. Our overwhelming focus right now, and has been for a while, is the new EU regulations on in vitro diagnostics and on medical devices, but we also engage on other EU laws that are relevant for our members, such as rules on environmental protection. Uh, Our support takes Two main forms. One, we give members a home where they can come together to discuss these regulations and brainstorm solutions, which often materialize in the form of common industry position statements, guidance documents, and so on. So there's a strong internal piece. But we also represent the industry externally. You know, we take our members' positions and perspectives to the EU institutions here in Brussels, and also to other external stakeholders interested in medtech. So what do I do? I spend a lot of time in the office helping members find a good ways forward, but I also spend a lot of time outside the office representing the members uh, and ensuring their voice is heard in external for
0: So in short, we can say that you are indoors, outdoors, And you focus on medical technologies and regulations. Um, You have mentioned um, in your introduction what we are going to focus on today. So the new uh, medical device regulation, which will come into force uh, this year on the 26th of May, after the end of the three-year transition period. And the new IVD uh, regulation, so the in vitro diagnostic regulation, which will then come into force in 2022. Uh, a key change that these regulations bring on is, uh, concerns the CE marking process for medical technologies. Can you tell us what CE marking means and how and if these uh, new regulations strengthen the process?
1: Sure. So indeed, the EU uh, in vitro diagnostics and medical device legislation is part of a wider framework called CE marking. Now, what is CE marking? CE marking is, at the most basic level, a picture that you find on many products. You find them on toys, you find them on your mobile phone, household appliances, and so on, but also on medical technologies – And think of the CE marking as a a declaration by the manufacturer to the world. It's a declaration and a promise that the product complies with all applicable EU product rules. Uh, And in the specific case of medical technology, the meaning and focus of the CE marking has always been safety and performance. So that the device or the in vitro diagnostic is safe when used as intended by the manufacturer. And there's a whole series of details behind that to, to you know, define a process the manufacturer must go through to prove the safety, to prove this performance, uh, and also to, um, to document that uh, thoroughly in, the, in, the, in regulatory paperwork. So in a nutshell, CE marking is the, the framework for our legislation, and um, it's, uh, it's really focused on safety and performance.
0: And how do the new regulations that will come into force this year and in 2022 strengthen this process or change it in in some way?
1: So the new regulations really modernize and strengthen the regulatory framework. We already had an EU regulatory framework uh, for medical technologies based on CE marking, but those um, prior laws were from the 1990s. And so the new regulations uh, in many ways bring our rules up to date with um, scientific and technical progress. And they also uh, deliberately strengthen the safety and performance requirements in, in several ways. First of all, they really harmonize the rules across the European Union. So what the regulations say apply word for word in all the European countries. There's no need for the individual countries to transpose the regulation international law. They apply as written. And there are also several ways in which the EU legislator raised the bar for our industry, to be be very frank, Um, in in several key areas. First of all, it introduces new uh, rules for the traceability of medical technologies across the supply chain. It introduces much more detailed and strict rules for the, the clinical evidence, meaning, you know, the evidence that the devices really perform as intended in, in humans, and in human studies. And it also very much strengthens the rules for notified bodies. Notified bodies basically are the organizations that come and check what we as industry are doing. They give us audits, they review our files, and they are the ones who give The green light that the ce marking can be placed so they're a little bit the guardians of our system and the the new legislation very much uh, strengthens the notified body system so that uh, trust in the ce marking is uh, is even higher
0: so these are certainly a lot of steps and a lot of elements that a product needs to go through before it can safely get to the market but does that mean that once a product is in the market, it can stay there permanently with that same CE mark? Or is there, uh, uh, let's say, another step or a recertification?
1: No, the, the work keeps on going. The, you know, the CE marking is affixed to the product only after a whole series of pre-market checks have been made and that the, um, there has been an initial determination that the product is safe and that it works. But just because you have done all that you need to do to place the CE marking doesn't mean that your work stops. In fact, uh, throughout the life cycle of a product, the manufacturer must continually monitor how the device is doing in real life, um, continually confirm across the life cycle that it really is um, uh, performing as intended, no matter which country it's in, no matter which hospital it's in, uh, no matter um, how it might interact with other products. Um, so actually, there is a, a continual obligation to to monitor the device in the real world, seek feedback from physicians, patients, and so on, and really continually check that those benefits of the device always outweigh the risks. So that's um, a, an absolute key condition for keeping the CE mark on the device. And moreover, for those um, devices which need the involvement of those notified bodies I mentioned, they actually need to undergo a repeat of their certification at least once every five years. And that's, again, to reconfirm that the safety and performance of the product that was confirmed five years ago is still there and is still keeping up with changes in technology.
0: So these are definitely big changes that are coming with these new regulations. I mean, you have mentioned updates in in the system itself, in in the processes. um, And Metech Europe, And the past has been um, quite vocal um, about uh, the need for this whole system to be uh, ready on time. Uh, What's from your point of view uh, as an industry, what's the status now of the system?
1: Sure. So we've always supported this modernization of our regulatory framework, and we still do. We think it brings much-needed benefits um, for patients and for European healthcare systems. And our members have been working intensively since day one to get ready for these new rules. Um, The main focus we've always had, though, since the regulations were published, is on ensuring that the new regulatory system that's being built uh, can be ready in a timely manner. You know, they, as I said, these regulations replace older rules from the 1990s and they really do require a whole new regulatory infrastructure to be built uh, before we can successfully put all medical devices and IVDs through this system. So just some brief examples of that. Those notified bodies I mentioned uh, need to be re-accredited and redesignated in Europe before they can review medical technologies and approve them under the new rules. There's a new EU-wide database which is still being built, uh, which will facilitate and enable the regulation to um, bring transparency to the public about information on devices. There's a whole new universe of new guidance documents and um, review panels and things like that, which all need to be put in place before you can call implementation a done deal. And uh, the issue is that while work has been going on very intensively here in Brussels since day one to build this regulatory system, uh, it's proven much more time-consuming and complex than many predicted. On the medical device regulation side, for instance, we're near the end of the transition period with only about 120 days or so left until the final deadline. And many parts of the system are still being built. So one of the challenges is to... Manage the fact that the old regime is about to be phased out while the new regime is still coming in, um, you know, in a a point of infancy, if you like. Um, So we very much focus on that, ensuring the world is aware of it, and we want always um, the EU institutions and national governments to pay very close attention to this so that it doesn't have an impact on availability of life-saving and life-transforming technologies.
0: So it certainly seems that there are changes, there are uh, uh, rules that are strengthened, processes that are strengthened, but there are still pieces of the puzzle that are missing before we can say that the implementation can actually happen 100%. So uh, the most urgent one, I suppose, is for the system for the medical device regulation to be in place, because we are talking, as you say, about 120 days left, uh, but also for the new IVDR, which uh, will, will be implemented in two years. As an industry, are you calling for uh, something specific in this sense?
1: Yes, absolutely. So there is a lot of attention being paid right now to the medical devices regulation, not only by our industry but also by the wider public and the authorities. Um, We're calling absolutely, as I said, for solutions that you know enable devices to remain available to patients after this deadline that's coming in 120 days has passed, and uh, we have all sorts of ideas and proposals for that, Um, but. As you say, equally, we think that um, by the time that's finished, it's going to be very important for Europe to you know pay strict attention to the second deadline, which is for in vitro diagnostics in May 2022. That sector has a little bit more time. their regulation enters into force in May 2022. So five years instead of three. And that's because actually the the changes on the in vitro diagnostic side are much more substantial um, compared to the old law. the, The wider European Union knew it needed more time to get ready for that regulation. But what we've seen, unfortunately, is that because the medical device regulation has an earlier deadline, it's received a lot more of the attention so far. And the slow pace of implementation is even... Worse, unfortunately, on the side of in vitro diagnostics. So we believe the, the focus should be absolutely to ensure the medical device regulation uh, can be phased in with, with minimal disruptions to patients and healthcare. But then we really do believe that the in vitro diagnostics regulation should be uh, a much larger priority for everyone than it has been so far.
0: MDR and IVDR implementation, environmental issues and more. This will certainly keep you inside and outside a lot in the coming months. But before we wrap it up, can you give our listeners your take on what's coming next in the field?
1: Absolutely. So again, as I said, the um, what I expect for the next 120 days is increasing focus on this medical device regulations deadline, followed by uh, as much... Um, increase of attention as possible to the in vitro diagnostics regulation. But all of this is happening at a time where uh, we have new European institutions here in Brussels. So there are new people in the European Commission who have just inherited responsibility for medical technology. Um, A lot of these people have Experience in healthcare and um, you know medical product legislation but some of them needs um, to be um, briefed and introduced to our sector and all of its particularities. Um, we also do maintain a strong focus, as said earlier, on the environmental side because the Green Deal of the European Commission is one of the key pillars that President von der Leyen uh, made when when being elected. So we do predict uh, growing attention and, um, and activity in that particular space um, because it's part of the agenda of the EU for the next five years.
0: Well, this was a very interesting talk. You have given us many points to keep an eye out for in the future. So thank you, Oliver, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud And if you want to know more about medical technology, visit our website at mantecheurope.org and follow us on social media.